the worst kept secret in the last couple of years in the sport of boxing has been the talent in the lightweight division. It was something we spoke about seemingly on a weekly basis. We talk about the potential. We talk about the matchups. We talk about the talent. We talk about the star power. Well, the future is now. Pretty much every single week, we're getting great lightweight matchups. This week's no different. Today is December 8th, 2021. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. This Saturday, we got the return of Lomachenko. Vasily Lomachenko against Richard Comey, former champion. Great matchup live on ESPN, 9 o'clock Eastern. But before I get into that, I want to talk about this past weekend. Jojo Diaz put in a hell of an effort on Saturday night on the zone in Las Vegas against Devin Haney. Devin Haney defending his regular WBC championship. Devin Haney, to me, proved that he was on a different level than Jojo Diaz. No disrespect to Diaz. Diaz, like I thought, would be there all night. Um, very back and forth in some rounds. There was times where Jojo Diaz would take a round, but then Haney would come back and win the next couple. It was take one, Haney takes two. Clear victory for Devin Haney. Devin Haney, to me, proved a lot. He proved that, yeah, he may have a little bit of a chin issue, maybe, but he still has never been dropped. He still took a lot of big shots from Jojo Diaz. The thing that concerns me is when he gets in there with a real puncher, Linares had some pop. Um, Jojo Diaz, decent puncher, but not known as a knockout guy at all. He had some success against Haney, but Haney was relentless in his combinations, relentless in his attack offensively. His defense lacked a little bit, wasn't bad in any way, but there is room for improvement. He is still a young fighter. I expect him to move up with his talent level. It went from Linares to Diaz in the next fight, hopefully against a Cambosos or someone in that level. At the top of the division, I think he'll only rise his, raise his game a little bit more. The best attribute to me about Devin Haney was his creativity. He threw a lot of combinations that you don't see often, and he mixed up his punches very well. He didn't throw the same thing, other than the jab, which was there all night. He didn't throw the same punch twice in a row. He'd throw a right hook to the body, then come up with a left hook to the head. Then he'd throw an uppercut from the left hand. It was just... The creativity of this young man is really impressive to me. It's not something you see often. If you're not used to it, you may not have, have picked up on it. Go back and watch Devin Haney against Jojo Diaz and just look at the combinations he's throwing. It's not something that you see from every other boxer. Devin Haney is a true student of the game. He sees what works, what doesn't, and he implements new things every fight. Really fun guy to watch. I was impressed by him. I thought he was going to take more of a, a defensive route in this fight. He did not. He stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Diaz. He wanted to prove a point. He wanted to get Diaz out of there. He didn't have enough pop to do so. And Diaz is also very tough in his own right. But I think Devin Haney is truly an elite fighter. And I look forward to seeing what's next for him. His endurance was also very impressive to me. He was throwing combinations every part of the fight. There wasn't a time where he took a round off. There wasn't a time where he let Jojo Diaz get comfortable. Jojo Diaz had to work for everything he got, and what he got was a clear, unanimous loss. That wasn't the only lightweight action this weekend. Sunday night, 
in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, the last event at the Staples Center. Javante Tank Davis defeated Isak Cruz in a thrilling 12-round fight. Isak Cruz was there all night long in Javante Davis's face. High pressure like I expected. I thought Davis was going to knock him out around the sixth round. That did not happen. The fight actually did go the distance. Isak Cruz is a hell of a fighter. His game will only get better. He is only 23 years old. I expect to see him in a big fight in the future, and I expect him to give many of the top other lightweights problems, just like he did with with Davis. Now, when I say problems, I don't mean this was a, a controversial win. I see a lot of people claiming Isak Cruz won the fight. I would suggest they lay off the alcohol when they're watching fights, maybe, or re-watch the fight, pay a little bit more attention. While it was a competitive fight, Isak Cruz gave his all. I had him winning five rounds generously. Uh, there was two close rounds in there, and I gave them both to Davis. Excuse me. I gave both of the close rounds to Cruz. And that led me to a 7-5, 115-113 victory for Javante Tank Davis. Two of the judges agreed with me. The other judge had 8-4. Both very fair scores. Like I said, a couple close rounds, and I gave the close rounds to Isak Cruz. So that right there tells you there is no path for a victory for Isak Cruz. If both close rounds went to him, there's nothing else to give him. There wasn't six rounds you could find for Isak Cruz. I'm sorry. Javante Davis broke his hand around the sixth or seventh round. You could especially notice it later in the fight when he was only throwing his right hand, especially in the 12th round, where... It seemed like it was a really close fight. 12th round, it could have came down to the 12th round, and Javante Davis with one hand clearly won it. Probably his most impressive round in his career because he, the pressure was on, and he won the, the round clearly with one hand. People hate on Javante Davis. I think it is the Floyd Mayweather effect. Floyd pointed it out himself where in Floyd's career, he had a lot of people wanting him to lose, and now they're kind of carrying that over just because he's associated with Floyd Mayweather. So they look for ways to discredit Javante Davis with everything he does. When he was knocking everyone out, it was, okay, yeah, he just knocks everyone out, but he loses a lot of rounds. Then when he wins a close fight on the scorecards, it was all, he wasn't that impressive. Um, he should have knocked this guy out. Listen, Esau Cruz is very tough, more tough than I thought he was. I didn't see him go in the distance. Now, like I said before, Davis did break his left hand, which is his power hand, which is his main punch. But that's taking nothing away from Cruz. He took some big shots, kept coming forward. But Davis showed more aspects of his game that he hadn't previously showed. I predicted it in the pre-fight podcast. I said, I expect to see Javante Tank Davis on his back foot in this fight, something we haven't seen in the past. And that's exactly what we saw. Davis fought exceptionally well from the back foot. He he kept turning. I saw Cruz all night. He saw Cruz coming forward. Next thing you know, Devontae Davis is on the other side of him. He had to spin around to get him. That's boxing, folks. This is boxing. This isn't backyard brawl. This isn't YouTube fights. If you're into just blood and guts fights, just want to see guys swinging recklessly, knocking each other out, I suggest you watch some backyard fights on YouTube. There's plenty of them. They're extremely entertaining. Don't watch boxing. Watch that. If you want to see actual skills, then boxing is where you want to be. 
Javante Tank Davis displayed all of his skills. Back foot game, front foot game, power in both hands. He used his jab a little bit. That's something I think if I have to nitpick a little bit, I would say Davis's jab isn't where it could be. He needs to work on his jab a little bit more. Everything else, to me, was great. His defense was very good. A lot of these punches that people thought Davis was just getting pummeled in, he was deflecting a lot of those shots. And, th and that goes both ways. He saw Cruz displayed very, very good defense. For a guy that comes forward all night, he was great at keeping his hands up. He deflected a lot of those uppercuts from Javante Davis that even the commentators would say, oh, look at the highlight. Here's an uppercut. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, he saw Cruz deflected most of that with his glove. It was very subtle, very sneaky. It's like you don't see it until you look in slow motion on the replay. He saw Cruz, hell of a performance. But Davis is the winner. Davis had the performance of the night. Davis um, evading the pressure by Isak Cruz. And in the middle rounds, it looked like he was going to get the stoppage. He really stood and traded with Isak Cruz, dominating the middle rounds. I think he won three in a row. And then I believe that is where the break in his hand took place because after that, it was more of a back and forth with Isak Cruz winning, I think, the, ninth, uh, the 10th and the 11th before Davis with an outstanding 12th round with, his, with one hand just showing, you know what, I want it more. And also credit to his trainer who uh, – in the middle of one of the rounds, Davis was telling him about his hand. He said, listen, I don't want to hear that soft shit. I want to. I want you to go out there and win this fight. There's no excuses here. They're in the fight now. There's no getting out of it. Win the fight by any means necessary. And that's what Javante Tank Davis did. If you haven't seen his hand, it blew up like a balloon after the fight. There's pictures of it that he posted, I believe, the next day. Definitely a broken hand. But needless to say, we got a great fight. Great card overall on Sunday night. And... We'll see what's next for the welterweight division. We got George Cambosis, who beat Tiafimo Lopez the week prior. The lightweight division is on fire. So Cambosis was pretty much just scouting all weekend, looking at the Haney fight, looking at the Davis fight, trying to figure out what's next for him. And he's also going to be looking this Saturday for Vasily Lomachenko against uh, Richard Comey, and which should be another outstanding lightweight matchup. Richard Comey, huge power puncher. 27 and 3 with like 26 knockouts. So, excuse me, 30 and 3 with 27 knockouts. Comey has massive power. Comey's coming with a right hand, straight right hand. That's the punch that Loma needs to watch out for. Top rank continues their tradition. Saturday night, the same night as the Heisman Trophy ceremony. They always host a fight afterwards. This year is no different. Kind of an under the radar matchup, though, with how loaded the schedule has been. I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about this one, but I'm glad this one's on ESPN free TV, not ESPN plus ESPN. So it should get great promotion the rest of the week. People will be reminded of it. Everyone loves Lomachenko. So I think this should do great ratings and it really should be a fun fight. Like I said, Comey has the power. Lomachenko has the skills. Loma versus Comey is technique versus power. I mean, Tiafimo beat Comey with technique, power, and massive balls because he decided to stand and trade with Comey early and got the knockout in the second round. He went in there looking to knock Comey out. He knew Ken Comey was going for the kill himself. He knew Comey was going to be open for a big shot, and Tiafimo capitalized on that. Tiafimo became champion by beating Comey, and that's what got him the Lomachenko fight. So Lomachenko 
now is, I think before he made this fight, was still on his revenge tour, trying to get Tiafimo back in the ring, kind of like we saw Manny Pacquiao do um, early in the, the mid-2010s, around that time. He was going against all of Floyd Mayweather's previous opponents, and that is kind of what Lomachenko is doing. He said, oh, I can't get the Tiafimo fight? Okay, well, let me look at the last two guys Tiafimo beat, and I'll beat them even worse. We saw it in his last fight with Nakatani. He dismantled Nakatani, a man that Tiafimo had problems with. And this week, he's trying to do the same thing against Richard Comey. Now, Tiafimo knocked out Comey in the second round. I don't see Loma ending it that early, but I expect Loma to look impressive. Comey is no joke, though. I don't want to see Lomachenko standing and trading with him early in the fight. I think the first few rounds, you're going to see Lomachenko in and out like he usually does, in and out, reading his opponent in with a combination and then back out on the outside with his jab, keeping the distance, using his great footwork that we see, that we're accustomed to seeing with him in every fight. And then to the mid, I'd say around round six, seven, eight, you start to see the pressure from Loma. When Loma puts the pressure on, there's not many things like it in the sport. It's truly magical to watch because this guy has the best footwork in the game and he's using it, using it in such a clever way where he doesn't have to dance around you. He can just stand in front of you. That's why they call him the Matrix. He's going to stand in front of you, but he's also going to lunge from one side of your body to the other. Lunge to your left, hit you with a body shot. Lunge to your right, hit you with the straight overhand left. Lomachenko is a magician in there. And I expect to see him put on a hell of a show. I expect Lomachenko by unanimous decision, if not a mid to late round TKO. I think Comey's only chance is to land a big straight right hand early in the fight. I think Loma's pressure will wear Comey down where that power will not carry because his stamina level will, will decrease throughout the fight. When you're dealing with Lomachenko in the movement, and the mental pressure he puts on opponents. I don't see Comey winning this fight other than an early knockout. And like I said, I, I expect Loma to be privy to that. He's going to use movement early and then pressure late. That's the style. That's the recipe for victory. Expect Lomachenko to look great Saturday night. MSG is going to go nuts for him. And he'll really put pressure on the rest of the lightweight division to make a big fight with him. There's rumors of Shakur Stevenson moving up. That is one of my favorite fights that can be made. I made a list recently about top 10 fights I want to see next year. That was on that list. Lomachenko versus Shakur Stevenson would be a perfect matchup for both guys. Both guys need a big fight. That would be impressive. If not, I'd like to see him get in the mix with one of these other lightweights, whether it's Cambosis, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, um, Isak Cruz even. Jojo Diaz, there's plenty of options in the lightweight division. It is a stacked division, and it's so great to finally see them start talking about mixing it up with one another. Lomachenko is going to be the reminder, I think. People sort of forget his dominance and his, his run so far as a pro. I saw a lot of people asking the question, who did Lomachenko beat to get that pound-for-pound pound distinction? What one fight was it that made Loma so highly touted? And my answer is simple. 
it wasn't one fight. It was his entire resume as a boxer, period. Not a pro. This guy is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Think about that for a second. Think about how hard it is to win a gold medal. This dude did it twice, okay? That's number one. So by going through the Olympics two times, obviously he had an extended amateur career. His career as an amateur was something, I'm spitballing here. This isn't a 100% accurate number, but it is somewhere in the ballpark. He was something like 304 as an amateur. That was his record. Something similar to that. Insane. Right? So, okay, that doesn't matter in the pros. Right. But he gets a late start in the pros because of his extended amateur record in two trial, two trips to the Olympics. So once he becomes a pro, what does he do? He goes after the top guys in each division he fights in. That's why he's a pound-for-pound pound guy. He didn't waste time. Yeah, maybe he was in a rush. A lot of people said, oh, he's rushing his career. He's older. La, 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 la. Okay, that's fine. Rush your career. But this guy was fighting killers from day one. He gets in there with Salido. Okay, he loses to Salido. Very competitive fight. Okay, next fight. Give me Gary Russell Jr. Undefeated guy. Fastest hands in the sport. Give me him. That's what Lomachenko says. Beats Gary Russell. Moves up to 130. Beats the champions there. Then he says, you know, he's a small guy, remember. At 135, he is one of the smallest guys in the division. He moves up to 35. Takes on the champions. Takes on Luke Campbell. Takes on Jorge Linares. Uh, Rigondeaux fought him. The guy doesn't turn down opponents. That's the thing. He doesn't turn down his toughest opposition. There's disputes that he turned down Devin Haney. Maybe. He may have. Because at that point, Devin Haney wasn't who he is now. Devin Haney was a young kid on the rise. Lomachenko didn't have much to gain by fighting him. Now, I guarantee you Lomachenko would make that fight. He didn't want to make the Tio fight either at first. Because Tio didn't make a name for himself. Once Tio knocked out Komei, Lomachenko came to the table and said, okay, now you get a belt. Now you got something. Okay, now let's fight. Did Tiafimo beat him? Yes, clearly did. Was it competitive down the stretch? Yes, it was. Lomachenko has never been just destroyed in a fight. He's got two losses. Both of them were competitive. Let's see what he does at the end of his career. He's on a run right now. It seems like he's maniacal in the way he approached the Nakatani fight, and I expect the same thing this weekend. People forget about Lomachenko. People forget, and now they want to discredit, just like every other fighter. It's kind of sad how fickle fans are. Not just boxing, either. It's every sport, but I notice it more in boxing. They forget how high a guy was once regarded after he loses. Let's look at the rankings at lightweight. The most jabs landed per round at lightweight 6.9 is the average. You know who has that? Vasily Lomachenko, number one. The most overall connect rate is 36% of all punches. That's the number one percentage. You know who holds that? Vasily Lomachenko. Power punches connected. 47.7% connect rate for power punches. Number one, Lomachenko. The best plus minus rating. Plus 17.6%. That means he's hitting you way more than you're hitting him. Number one, Vasily 
Lomachenko. This guy leads the division in pretty much every statistical category. Look at the eye test. He has the best footwork in the game. Unrivaled pressure late in fights. Lomachenko, still one of the best in the world. Can't wait to see him this Saturday. That is December 11th on ESPN against Richard Comey. Tune in. It should be a great fight. Also, the undercard. As far as matchups, nothing special. But the talent, the young talent, something you have to get, you have to watch. Jared Anderson, 22-year-old heavyweight, 10-0 with 10 knockouts. This guy has real power. You definitely want to keep an eye on him. Young American heavyweight, 22 years old. We haven't seen a heavyweight like him at this age in a very long time. Also, light, speaking of lightweight, an Olympi- speaking of lightweight and speaking of Olympians, he was just in this past Olympics. Keyshawn Davis, he's 3-0. and He's 22 years old. He's on the undercard. Keep an eye on him as well. And my personal favorite young fighter, Xander Zayas, super welterweight, 19 years old. Yes, he's only 19 years old. He's already 11-0 with eight knockouts. He's going for prospect of the year. He already has five fights this year, going for six. He is clearly going to be prospect of the year as long as he looks impressive this Saturday. That is on ESPN. Lomachenko, the main event. Xander Zayas, Keyshawn Davis, Jared Anderson. Three good blue chip prospects that you need to keep your eye on. The future is now, and these guys should all deliver on Saturday night. That's it for this week, but stay tuned because I think I'm going to do an end-of-the-year show where we recap the year real quick, and I want to name my three best predictions of the year, my three worst predictions of the year, my three fighters of the year, top five fights this year, top five wish list for 2022. And I also want to end the year with my top 10 pound for pound at the year's end. There's plenty of debates about pound for pound. Everyone has 20 guys that they say, oh, he's pound for pound, he's pound for pound. Well, we need a real list. ESPN has a list. BoxRec has a list. Every man who watches the sport has their own list. I'm going to give you mine. Everyone has an opinion. This just happens to be mine. I'm out.